0: It's very hard to talk about fear. I spent hours yesterday writing this podcast, and I felt really awkward because when you share your fear, you become vulnerable. You let people see a part of you that exposes you to risk. And I dumped that whole thing. I called this series Overcoming Your Fear of Public Speaking, but in reality, I think the only way to overcome your fear of public speaking is to do it. In psychology, I guess this is called exposure therapy. I'm not going there. I don't have that expertise or the knowledge to address this, nor do I want people to think that I've got the answers. What I offer here is better called coping with your stage fright symptoms. Does the fear of public speaking keep you from sharing your message with the world? Then you need Toastmasters. We have ways of making you talk, you'll find them fun, and we'll give you tools to help you develop your skills. This is Toastmasters 101. I'm your host, Kim Craggy. How do you overcome your fear of public speaking when you don't think you can even talk? I'm not going to resolve anyone's fear issues in a 15-minute podcast, so I'm not going to try. But what I can do is make a few suggestions that it might make your next Toastmaster speech go a little bit better. I believe that people will get more comfortable on the platform or behind the microphone over time. Experience teaches us what our bodies will do, good and bad, useful and distracting, when we actually give a speech. As we get more comfortable, many of these symptoms become less problematic as they reduce sometimes... New symptoms arise in their places. That's not fair, is it? The real issue isn't the symptom. It's the energy. Our bodies create various hormones and chemicals when we are faced with stress and anxiety. When we face that stressful situation, humans react as all animals do. Fight, flight, freeze, or my personal favorite, because I teach high school students, stink. These hormones create energy for our bodies to do whatever our natural inclination is to do when we are under stress, to run away, to hide, or to attack. That energy gives us strength, the kind of strength we don't normally need. So when these moments of stress arrive, we have to cope not only with the situation, but also these crazy, unfamiliar feelings in our body. This is why I believe if Toastmasters is only giving you a platform to give a speech, you will eventually overcome your fear of public speaking because you'll get familiar with it. Toastmasters does a lot more than just offer you a platform. We've got nearly a century of public speaking teaching. We've got the tools you need to develop your voice and your message. But it comes back to this. Overcoming your fear of public speaking is learning how your body reacts. And the only way to do that is to experience it. Have you ever seen a baby put a piece of lemon in their mouth? I did this to all of my children at one point or another, often because they would had any other foods. They would grab it and shove it in their mouths. And just when the sour juices filled up their throats, They would make the cutest little faces, but they wouldn't take it out of their mouths. Even though the flavor was so strong, they were not giving it up. It was new. It was exciting. It was something extraordinary to them. To us adults, a full wedge of lemon would be probably intolerable, but to a baby, it was a new taste and a new sensation, and they were going to hold on to it. I think that's a rich metaphor for how some people take to public speaking. It may be really strong and sour and it does things to our faces, but we're not giving up. I fit in that category. For others, the stress of public speaking gets mixed in with the unknown and horribly disconcerting reactions to their body to that stress. So let's pull these apart just a bit so you can decide for yourself what you're really reacting to. There's fear of the crowd. Being afraid of what a group of people might do to you, that's a justified fear. There's the fear of the shaky knees. That's your body's reaction to hormones in your system. Don't be afraid of shaky knees. It's a symptom. It's not something to be afraid of. Fear of being mocked? Totally justified. Fear of passing out? Okay, I know that sounds justified, but it's really just a physical reaction that you don't need to fear. You just need to cope with it. See, public speaking is truly an interaction with other people. Separate that from how your body reacts, and you'll have the most important key to overcome your initial reaction to stepping up for a speech. For the record, I have never seen anyone faint when giving a speech at Toastmasters. I've never seen anyone in real life faint when giving a speech. I think movies and TV shows might show it, but exaggeration is the tool of the entertainment media. I'm willing to concede that it may have happened to someone somewhere, but I've never seen it, and I've seen people who I thought might, but didn't faint. So let's talk about how to cope with a couple of symptoms you might face, in particular, your voice. Our voices can give us away every time. Sometimes we can mask our emotions and use our voice to do so. We raise our glass and say a happy cheers At the wedding when we're pretty sure that this champagne is being wasted because this marriage is doomed. We make it sound like we mean it when we are toasting the new couple, regardless of our interior thoughts. But when coping with a stage fright symptom, we feel like we are at the mercy of our throats. Do you know how the human body produces our voice? We breathe in air, and as we breathe it out, the air passes through a space called our voice box or our larynx. There are two vocal cords that vibrate. Those sound waves echo in our throats, in our mouths, in our sinus cavities, in our skulls, and they come out in a unique way that produces your voice. Often, stage fright symptoms show up in this pulmonary, this breathing system. We have a hard time breathing. We feel like our throat is closing up and we can't speak. When you think about that, it does make a weird kind of sense. If your brain thinks you're in trouble, it's going to stop you from speaking. You need to get out of here and not stay around and say something and make it worse. Maybe what your brain is preparing you to do by sending signals to release adrenaline in your system. At a Toastmasters meeting, nobody is going to attack you. We're here to support you, and I think you know that. You know you can get up and speak. But now you've created a situation where your half of your brain is saying, get out of here. And the other half is saying, go ahead and speak with the other. I wonder people say they can't think when they get on stage. When you deal with breathing and voice issues in overcoming your fear, I think there are a few things that you can do that will help you cope and give you more confidence. Number one, stand up straight. That study reported in the most-watched TED Talk ever about power positions. Well, it turned out to be questionable, but we're not talking about power here. We're talking about control. Stand up straight means your shoulders down and back, your head high. This position opens your throat. It extends it and will impact the resonance of your voice. You will sound stronger and louder. Posture does have an influence on yourself. You'll feel better if you stand up straight because our bodies are designed to stand like that. Yes, it feels rigid. Yes, it may be uncomfortable for a few minutes. You may not have the strength in your muscles to hold yourself in that position for very long. You might need to work on that. But if your breathing or your voice is your most dominant stage fright issue, getting started with good posture is a great place to start. I talked about lemons before, and I imagine there may be some people who love their lemon water as a treatment for dry mouth on the stage. Personally, I think a bottle or glass on the stage is a very dangerous thing for a speaker. It's a bad prop. It's a signal to your audience that you are nervous because they know that feeling of dry mouth. They recognize it. I have two suggestions for dry mouth, and neither of them are on the stage. Number one, eat a green apple before you go up to speak. The power of the sour will make your salivary glands go into overdrive. They can't stop themselves. Spit happens. An apple has many virtues. Remember, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. But mostly, you just can't have a dry mouth when you eat a sour apple. You might take it a step further and want to go with lemon. I personally find that lemon makes my mouth pucker, which makes it harder to speak. Apples provide that quick shot of natural sugar. That helps me to get the energy I need because fear depletes us fast. And it gives you the added benefit of clearing out your mouth of anything else that might be in your throat. Okay, snot. It clears out snot as you chew it, not only in your throat, but also in your nose and your sinus cavities. The act of chewing actually works your whole face, from the top of your head to the bottom of your jaw. My second hint is to drink water at the right time. The right time is not on stage. The right time is not right before you go up on the stage. The right time is one hour before you go on stage. We do not lubricate our throats effectively with drink. Our body has to absorb the water through our stomach and our digestive system. It needs time to get back to your throat. The water you drink and think you're putting in your mouth isn't going to stay there very long. You're upright. It's going to drain. You're blowing air past it multiple times a minute in your throat. It's like you've got a blow dryer in your body and putting water in your throat at that moment means it's not going to stay there. Instead, choose to drink water earlier then your body has access to the fluids when you need it. Prepare yourself properly. Deep breathing exercises. Some people swear by them. Other people swear with them. I've worked with a team of high school speeches and debaters. That's what we call the speech students. The very first thing we do at a tournament is warm up. We start with taking multiple deep breaths. Then we roll through tongue twisters, raps, body stretches, and a pep talk. My speech students love to hate this, they tell me, but it's highly effective in channeling your energy properly, and you learn to love it. By concentrating on the warm-up exercises, singing, chanting, swinging your arms, deep breathing, you remove your focus from your body's reactions. You're breaking that negative feedback loop of fear, fear, Fear reaction, fear of the reaction, greater fear, fear reaction, fear of the reaction. See, it goes in a cycle, and we need to break it. We don't really have time scheduled into the Toastmasters meeting for this, but you can do a few things in your seat or in the back of the meeting room once we start meeting together in person. Breathe deeply, shoulders back, head up, using your belly muscles to exhale and inhale. Be mindful of what you're doing as you do it. Shake out your arms to your side, not flapping, but twisting your hands around stretches out a few of your long muscles in your arms. Tighten them and then release. Tighten, then release. The key is in your reaction to overcoming your fear. You see, this is an important thing. Fear has the same physical reaction in your body as excitement. That's true, you know. Physiologically, your body reacts the same to stress as it does to excitement. Maybe you're not stressed. Maybe you're excited. Your body is telling you something. You now have access to extra energy. How you interpret this is up to you. Reframing your mindset will help you overcome most of your stage fright. And I say that with 10 years of Toastmasters behind me, so you could rightly say that that's not very comforting to you as you get started, and I get that. But for many people, it's your interpretation of your body signals that determines whether you're going to enjoy the speech-giving experience or be terrified by it. Or you could just ignore your feels altogether. Do it anyway. You may hear this called put on your big girl panties or suck it up and do it. This is all very personal. My stage fright symptoms may not be yours the only way to truly deal with them and this is really scary i know that is to find out what happens when you step up on the stage you can't predict it you have to experience it and as you experience it you'll know what you need to find to cope with you will get better with more stage time i promise you you will overcoming your fear is directly related to how many times you get up and speak in front of others you can do it Start with table topics, take a minor role in the club meeting, and just get started. Never turn down a chance to speak. It's all about the stage time. We'll be talking about more stage fright symptoms next week and overcoming your fear or coping with your symptoms, so subscribe to this podcast and you won't miss any episodes. Tell your friends about Toastmasters 101, especially if they're dealing with stage fright. This series is going to help them. Our music is from incompetech.filmmusic.io and Toastmasters 101 is a podcast production of Toastmasters District 10. Toastmasters International does have a free publication about your voice called Your Speaking Voice. I've got a link to it in the show notes. When you're ready to deal with your fear of public speaking, Toastmasters is here to give you the opportunities to do it. You can find a club near you, or a club meeting at a time that's convenient for you through the website Toastmasters.org. Talk to you again next time on Toastmasters 101.